please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi guys, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your... What am I supposed to say? A weekly update on the you royal. You came on strong. I liked it. I'm just gonna keep going. This will just stay in. Um, it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group Royally Obsessed. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five star review. And you can share. You can send us an old fashioned email at info at gallerypodcast.com. How are you forgetting the words? Because I'm thinking about other things. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Celine Dion again? No, I'm thinking about emails. That's bad. My brain. Anyway, okay. So this week we are talking about Meg at the baseball game. Oh my God. Uh, Kate's got a new summer look. Um, we have to update our date books. Yeah. And then so, they have a lot going on. <laughs> yes, they do. And then we have an extremely special guest. Hunter Harris, staff writer at Vulture, on for a special segment on The Princess Diaries. Oh, my God. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. What Thank a great you week. Thank for having me. Thank you for being here. We're so happy to have Hunter. I love Hunter. Hunter is like my funny friend. <laughs> um, excuse me? <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. You're funny, but like, have you like met Hunter? I just, it's rude. It's a rude, it's a rude way to begin. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm really like not starting out so strong. I'm sure everyone's tweeting about it. It's, it's okay. Fine. It's okay. You're doing great. So um, this week we have, well, multiple royal refreshments because we couldn't reach a consensus. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. So I wanted to have American beer to honor the 4th of July. I'm the only one consuming a Budweiser, though, which I know is like kind of Canadian owned and maybe originally Dutch or something. But the point is St. Louis, Missouri. I'm trying. It's a Bud heavy. And it's I'm a not, Bud heavy. <laughs> I'm not in a mood for a Bud heavy. So I'm drinking a gin and whatever random uh, flavored seltzer, seltzer exists. And Hunter, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some kind of spiked lemonade, which Excellent. is really an homage to my 16-year-old self. That's there you all go. I drank when I was underage drinking. <laughs> wow. Spiked lemonade. Yeah. I really didn't underage drink until at least like 18. I was really a goody two-shoes. <laughs> Actually, no. I remember one time I um, had some Bacardi when I was 14, and I didn't know people knew what it was. So I was like, I was at a party, and there was this thing called Bacardi. <laughs> That reminds me, one time one of my friends was like, guys, I found this um, handmade vodka in my apartment. And I was like, really? Tell us the story. And he's like, yeah, it was called like Tito's. Mm. (laughs) I I was like, I knew you were a fool. And now I know for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Handmade by whom? Did did it just arrive in a jar? Like how did he know handmade vodka? He was like subletting and just found it in a cupboard. And I was like, this is truly insane. Sorry to get us off topic. No, I mean, it's my favorite way to operate. That's that's how we roll here. Um, So we have this week in royal history. No, um, no, we have a listener email. God, I'm we just, do that first? Yeah, I'm really struggling. Why don't you lead this, Caitlin? I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so we have a listener email from Leah, subject line, Duke of York and Arthur Chatto, four exclamation points. Dear Lady Lisa and Madam Menza, which I have to say... I like. I like it. Um, I have been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I'm trying to catch up on all the episodes. I've been a Royals fan ever since Kate Middleton stepped out of the Rolls Royce looking like, (laughs) we're doing great, looking like the princess she is. I wanted to share with you my closest, quote, run-in with the Royals. About two years ago, I requested to follow Arthur Chatto, the Queen's great nephew and grandson to Princess Margaret on Instagram, and he very quickly (laughs) accepted the request. I became very excited, but that's not all. Last year, when Eugenie and Jack announced their engagement, I replied to the post on Twitter, just a simple congratulations, Eugenie, and the Duke of York's Twitter account liked the comment. Social media can be quite amazing sometimes. Now, this is interesting because we have tried to request all the social media people that we know are there, but private. Yeah. Who are you waiting on? Beatrice, right? Yeah, I haven't checked. I'm sure she's rejected or just ignored it at this point. It's been a very, very long time. It was when I figured it out, but I didn't dox her, but then Carly Kloss did. She did. She sure did. Sure did. Um, But she remains private, and we have not been able to penetrate that. Um, I don't know. Arthur Chatto, I remembered his name from the cut, and I was like, which one is this? I'm like, oh, yeah, the shirtless one. The hot one. The hot one. That we felt uncomfortable saying was hot. He's hot, but he's 19, so we feel weird about it. Um, (laughs) Respect. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he hot. looks he looks like something like someone Ansel Elgort would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Or like Sean Mendes. Like hundred percent auditioning for of him that right ilk, now. a Gen Z like beefcake. Hunter, write this. <laughs> write this movie. <laughs> Give us some credit and some money. I'm like opening final draft right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like you're like keys typing at the end of this. I just love that Leah took the initiative to follow the youth, um, the the sexy youth. Thank you both. <laughs> she, so I know. She ended the email. Thank you both for this podcast. You have beautiful voices. And I feel like I'm enjoying tea with my royally obsessed BFFs I never had but always wanted. I'm here to join in on the Royals talk any day, anytime. Keep it up, ladies. Leah. Beautiful. Thank you, Leah. Beautiful. You've inspired. Um. So this week in royal history. Yes, that's now the time. You can do it now. Okay. Now, this week in royal history. July 1st, 1961, was the birth of Diana, Princess of Wales. Of course. And so we've talked a lot about her life before. And, you know, I think last year we did a bunch of stuff about her biography. Yeah, some of our first memories of her and for last August around the anniversary of her death. Um, and today we have uh, sort of a different way of covering her her bio because instead both of the boys did things to honor their mother's life yesterday and today. Yeah, and very publicly. So that was really nice. So Prince William first um, went to greet fans that were holding vigil um, near the fence of Kensington Palace. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Apparently there's a group of like, I don't know, six people who stand there from 5.30 in the morning and then stay there all day, or they had, at least yesterday, stay there from 5.30 in the morning. And around 7 p.m. or so, Prince William popped out and with like a small security detail and just said hi to each of them and shook their hands and said, thank you for keeping my mother's memory alive. And, you know, I appreciate you guys being here. And one of them asked about the statue, which I completely forgot about this. But two years ago, um, Harry and William announced that there was going to be a statue erected of her. And we sort of haven't heard anything else since. And so they asked him about it. And he pointed to the gardens and said, it'll be there. But we don't want to rush it because we want to get it exactly right. So mm-hmm. that was a nice update, little, you know. And then a crowd started to gather, so he had to leave. Um, oh, but really nice. Spot. And, of course, these people are such gigantic fans that they spoke to the Daily Mail and they said, I'm still shaking. I feel very emotional. He shook my hand three times, and I felt a beautiful feeling go through my body. So they're just like they were overcome because they just weren't expecting that. Um, and it's kind of an unwilliamy thing to do. So that was cool. And then today Harry made an appearance at um, the Diana Awards. Yeah, the Diana Award National Youth Mentoring Summit. Um, and he gave a speech where, of course, he mentioned his mother and about and talked about how he wants to be a role model for his for Archie Harrison. Little Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. That's the one. Who I now know has a nice Roots jacket from Canada from the Canada Day post that the Sussexes put up. Roots is like very popular athleisure. Like all of the sweatpants I own are by Roots. Okay. And now Little Archie has a jacket, and so he and I are twins. You're getting ahead of us. <laughs> sorry, sorry, In terms of the sports. But oh. more so I'm fact-checking you because I totally didn't see a Canada Day post from them. They absolutely did one. Maybe I just chose not to read it because I knew you would fill me in eventually. It was Canada Day yesterday as well. It wasn't <laughs> just Princess Diana's birthday. That's true. It was Canada Day. So happy Canada Day, Canadians. I love you. <laughs> but it, it's really cute. They gave him a little var- – it looks like a little varsity jacket and it says A.W. on the sleeve. Aww. That's really cute. I like it so much. Wow. I really should look completely through Sussex posts. You were probably too focused on my Celine Dion Canada Day post. Well, you know, it it was distracting, (laughs) understandably. Um, But to go back to the Harry uh, speech, he said, I'm struck by a few things today, uh, most of which is the power of the invisible role model. Perhaps it's the newfound clarity I have as a father, knowing that my son will always be watching what I do, mimicking my behavior, one day maybe even following in my footsteps. Um, And then he went on, my mother, Princess Diana, was a role model to so many without realizing the impact she would have on so many lives. You don't have to be a princess or a public figure to be a role model. In fact, it's equally valuable if you're not because it's more relatable. That's what I'm trying to do. We try to be relatable here, (laughs) spilling our salads. I try to be a role model through my relatability. (laughs) That's what keeps me humble, you know. Um, But yeah, really beautiful from the two of them and, you know, Obviously, their mother is never forgotten, but it's just these little ways that they, you know, note her birthday. And I'm sure they will do something again in August for that anniversary. Of course. Yeah, it was just really nice. 
Um, and of course, any reference to Prince Harry being a father is going to get my attention. Our hearts just melt. He knows that. it's He does it on purpose. I Aww. think they do that on purpose, right? Not that I'm, you know, being cynical about Don't it. Don't quote us because we're being nice. <laughs> no, it's just it always, like, brings attention to an event if they mention their kids, right? And he wants to bring attention to the Diana Awards. So he says something like that. It's beautiful. Yes. And um, a very important thing happened this week. Yes. Megan stepped out oh my for God. some effing baseball. So first of all, I was really confused. A couple of days and maybe a week ago, it was announced that they would be attending this. And it was like, Was oh, it announced both? No, it was just Harry. And it was like, oh, Prince Harry's going to go to a Yankees-Red Sox game. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I don't get it. What? Where? In New York <laughs> or in Boston? I don't know what you're saying. And then it said in London. And I was like, does London have a Yankees team and a Red Sox team? No, sports teams go over to England and do sports things. But the thing is, this is rare. It was the first MLB game on European soil. And if I'm wrong about that, bring it up with the MLB because they tweeted it. That's where I saw it. I just know about the football. Like yeah. the American football does it. And basketball players are always all over the place and play for you know European teams and things. But mm-hmm. yeah, this was the first Major League Baseball game played on European soil. It was played in London. Um, Kind of lame in some ways because Yankees-Red Sox is, like, one of the biggest rivalries in baseball, like, in sports, let alone baseball. And so New Yorkers and Boston fans didn't get to go to that game because it was in London. But whatever. What we did get was Harry appearing and then, surprise, Megan appearing and then both getting tiny jerseys. It was really beautiful. Tiny Um, little jerseys. So Caitlin and I were obviously texting. Caitlin texted me that Megan is wearing, like, Caitlin's ultimate work Mm -hmm. outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably not Stella. You probably don't wear Stella McCartney. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Man, I'm really just, like, ragging on you today. Excuse me. What do you know? Um, No, I don't work in an office anymore. So really what I wear to work is uh, whatever I was sleeping in that day. But uh, she wore, like, yeah, a little black, like, fit and fair flit and flare dress, fit and flare dress with a belt, which is just like what I wore from 22 to 27, basically. Um, just looked so cute. And she looked amazing, amazing hair, just so stunning, so happy, so like just wonderful. But um, Harry was wearing an Invictus Games polo because um, this was done in coordination with the Invictus Games. Yes. And so the pictures are truly great. So there's pictures I think first we got the pictures from the Red Sox. Yes. And it was cute. They had a little baby onesie jersey. And we're like, oh, that's very cute. Yeah, my head exploded. I was like, I love every time they get a onesie or like a stuffed animal or something for the baby. That was amazing. I was so glad to see her out and about. But yes, then it got better, in my humble opinion. Then the Yankees came along and had a jersey that said Archie 19. I don't know if the 19 means anything. I think because that's the year he was born. Oh, that makes oh, sense. I forgot yeah. that's what this year is. Like how every screen name of mine had 87 on the end of it because that was the year <laughs> I was born. Or 22 for Catch-22, the band. Yikes. Um, or also 182 it, for Blink-182. For Blink-182. It's really, really it's going to be a whole like throwback episode with the Princess Diaries anyway, so you Incredible. might as well know that about me. But um, yeah, I, I put this in the Facebook group because I just I didn't want to stir up drama, but I was just like, I'm just putting it out there. Your New Yorker hosts are very excited about them making a Yankees appearance. And I just have to say that I think she looked happier when she was around the Yankees. Well, oh, yeah. I hope it's clear that I don't care about baseball. I mean, I don't. It's important to me that New York <laughs> outdoes Boston. That's really what yes, it's about. Hunter, Hunter, that is it. That's, that's It is what it is. That's what know? it's about. I don't want to upset any um, listeners from New England or anybody who, like, picked up Red Sox fandom over the years because of somebody in their lives. But, like, you know, it's a it's a rivalry. And so I don't feel strongly about most things. But I am not fond of the Patriots, and the Red Sox can go along with that. So <laughs> I do like Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> we do like Dunkin' Donuts. And that's a New Englandy Boston thing. So, yeah, it was just really cute. I love the little tiny pinstripe uniform. I love that one photo of Megan when she's handed the uniform and she's, like, bent over, knee-slapping, giggling. She just looks so joyful. She's glowing. She looks so good. Her and Harry were holding hands at every single juncture. I mean, look at Harry in that photo, too. He's, like, truly, like, grinning. You can't even see his eyes. He looks so elated. Yes, he's doing his little thing where he has his hands together and looks like a little boy in a candy store. He looks so pleased. Yeah, when he's the happiest, like the time that he went to the Hub Community Kitchen event, the cookbook event with Megan, and he was so proud of her that he's standing behind her while she's speaking with his hands clasped with absolute joy. Uh, It's really the best version of Harry. And he's just, this is 
this is just him at his best. They're so happy. I will say in the Red Sox photo, they gave him a tiny baseball bat. <laughs> I didn't they even did. notice that. It's like a little hot dog. Look at so it. I thought he was holding a stick. I mean, it's not. <laughs> does that make so more sense? Funny. It doesn't make sense. Not really, because it's ridiculous. But it is super, super cute. He does look happy in that picture, too. And he's holding his little baseball bat and not some weird stick. I'm going to say he's happier with the Archie jersey. It's just so cool. It's a little pinstripe jersey. It's so funny. It's so so I just liked all of this event so much. I, you know, they stayed for the game, obviously. And it was just the most fun kind of event. And not to mention because we were seeing Megan for the first time in a while. And, you know, I was tweeting about it and I got a bunch of responses that were like, it's just so good to see her again. It's just so nice. It's like, it feels like you're home. Like you, you're like, <laughs> feel, you're filled with comfort and you're yes. like, oh, everything's okay. Yes. I mean, of course, as much discussed, we want her to take all of the maternity leave in the world, but it is nice to see her. Yeah, it really is. It isn't to see her. And I will mention, maybe this is the place where we can mention this, that we knew the christening was coming probably this month. Um, and a ton of royal they haven't confirmed this themselves, the family, but a ton of royals reporters are saying that it will be this upcoming Saturday. Oh, wow. Um, at, on the grounds of Windsor Castle slash Frogmore Cottage um, in a private chapel and that the overall event will be private with no photo call or sort of photo moment at all. But they're going to release photos. But really, yeah, the reporting is that they will probably release a portrait of some kind, maybe indoors or something like that. But there won't be the sort of like rolling up to the chapel moment that we've gotten with some of the others. With the, by some of the others, I mean the Cambridge kids. So Which I is fine. I respect their privacy. They should yeah. have their private moments. And just give me a picture after. Yeah, that's I'm fine with that. I'm truly fine with that. Um, I want to see more of his little face. <laughs> that's yes. all I ask. Oh, and then we can also keep updating the date book. Um, the Sussexes announced that they're going to be going to South Africa. Oh, my God. With <laughs> Archie in the fall. And then also Will and Kate announced that they are going to be going on a tour to Pakistan. So yes. there's going to be lots of tours, which means lots of... Amazing moments and so many outfits. outfits. So many outfits. And so let's say we don't know when we don't know when in the fall. They just said in the fall. But doing my math, um, so Archie will be between four and six months because we don't know when it will be September to November. Um, so that's pretty cute. I'm just thinking about like cute quotient, you know, pretty cute. He can wear his Archie jersey. I don't think he will. He'll probably be wearing something South African. His roots outfit. His roots outfit. Not al- South African. That's Canadian. But No, none of these things. None of these things. A little South African outfit. I will say when they first made the announcement on Instagram, you know, they named several African countries, Botswana, I think Malawi, and other, what, let's see, Angola, I believe. And I was so excited thinking that the three of them would be going to all four countries, thinking, wow, that sounds exhausting, but wow, I'm here for it, but it's just South Africa. Mm-hmm. Prince Harry will be going to the other three countries, which is understandable. That is a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will accept South Africa and, alone. <laughs> and of course, I want to get into Princess Diaries, but before we do that, Kate's been stepping out, and Kate Lynn had, you know, because there's two of you. Thank you. Kate Lynn has been writing for the The other cut. Kate M, yes. <laughs> She's been writing for The Cut, doing some Royals coverage, and she wrote today about Kate's new summer outfit. So Kate Lynn, tell us about Kate's outfit. So Kate went to Wimbledon today, um, and we're sort of still at the beginning of Wimbledon, so we might get another Kate appearance. We might get a Pippa appearance. Megan? We could potentially get a Megan appearance. Serena won today, so she's going to the next. Yeah, I believe Serena will be playing again on Sunday. And she's going to be playing with Andy Murray, allegedly. To be fair... It would be a lot for Megan to go to Wimbledon. It's like a huge crowd and everything. And it would also be a lot for if the baby's christened on Saturday for her to go to a match on Sunday. But, you know, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. She's a very hard worker, as we know. So who knows what will happen. Um, But so today, Kate went to Wimbledon. She watched two matches, one in the commoner area. Those are not the words I would use, but those are the words that lots of British reporters were using. Um, she just sat with normal people, which was, like, unexpected. She sat with tennis players. She sat with tennis players, um, and then she moved to the royal box and sat in the front row, which is where she sort of traditionally sits. Um, she wore a dress, a white dress with black buttons that is literally the designer, Susanna, calls it the flip and wiggle, flippy wiggle dress. Flippy wiggle? That's, like, the name of the model, of this of the style of the dress, is the flippy wiggle dress. Flippy wiggle. Indeed, which is perfect because it 
is flippy at the bottom. And then you wiggle. And if you'd like to, if you'd like to. And it's from a 1940s design of their own. Like they interpreted it for the modern day. Um, And I wrote for the cut that this is her third event in a week where she wore a short sleeve dress, V-neck, nipped in waist with little waist detailing, either rouging or like uh, pin tucks, and a midi length hem. And the cut themselves declared the leopard print midi skirt as the skirt of summer. And I said, this is like as close as she'll ever give us to a leopard print midi skirt. And congratulations to me, if I may, for taking over some Lisa writing at the cut royals. <laughs> it's been a very easy transition. Yeah, your 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 reading eyes do not deceive you. When Lisa left the cut, she left an opening in some royals reporting. So I'm trying to pick up where she left off occasionally. It's fun. Thank you. It's fun. Yes. Thanks for the work. You're doing a great job. Thank you. So on to the main event. Yes. Why we have Hunter here. So let's preface this with um I effing love Hunter. And so I really just wanted her to be on the podcast. <laughs> you effing love Hunter I do. too. And you sure wanted I do. her to be on. And so one day I remember asking you, like, oh, do you ever want to come on? And you're like, sure, I could come on sometime to talk about the Princess Diaries. You're like, like, hell yeah. Like, of course, come on anytime. You can talk about literally anything. <laughs> Let's just have an episode that's all about you talking about Rihanna and Leo and make it royal. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then, so we'd been planning this and we had Hunter on the books for today, but then. Thankfully, Caitlin noticed something on Instagram that yeah. made all of this timely. Yeah. She saw a post on InStyle magazine from three days ago now, and it said, Finding out Princess Diaries came out 18 years ago today, and it's a picture of Anne Hathaway from the movie, and the words shut up. And we're like, heck yes, this is timely. Heck yes, and we, also— We planned this on purpose. We sort of planned it, and also, good lord, we're old. Yeah. Feeling old. Yeah. I think I saw that in a theater, like— with my friends that I went to alone because I was old enough to go to the movies by myself at that age. Oh, wow. 18 years of going to the movies alone. Where does the time go? Wow. Anyway. That's kind of beautiful. So, Hunter, first, can you tell us your introduction to The Princess Diaries? I saw it with my older cousin, Mm -hmm. and I that felt very formative because I always really admired her. And then, you know the scene when they're playing softball and she, like, hits, like, the hot, mean guy? Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, that's so inappropriate. Like, what's going to happen? I was truly probably seven years old. Um, But, no, I love The Princess Diaries. I love everything about these movies. I think they're so much fun. And then after I saw the first movie, I I think I might have waited, like, a year or so. And then I got – and started reading the books. And I was like, oh, we're into it now. Yeah. I was like reading them in the backseat of like, like in the backseat of my parents' cars, like on like to and from school. I love – Meg Cabot is like the formative writer of my adolescence. Like oh, for sure. I love that so Same. much. So the first book came out in the year 2000. Yeah. Uh, which was quite a long time ago. And so it came out when I would have been 13 or 14. Yeah, and grade. So I remember spending my high school years – Reading books like this, you know, this is going to make me sound like literally every single teenage girl. <laughs> but I always liked reading about someone who felt like an outsider, but then it turns out she's extraordinary. Oh, of course. Okay, that was Lady my... Bird. No. <laughs> I know. That was my go-to trope that I was into. Oh, of course. That's so many of them. When I think about all my favorite books from that time, that's really what it comes back to. That's so Meg Cabot, too. You never yes. read about the popular girl. You read about the girl who's like the outcast because she's wearing glasses. So <laughs> you know? in the book... Mia Thermopolis is 15, and she, I believe she lives in New York in the book, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yes. extremely. Yeah, she's, she's in New York, and she's just angsty, which I was at the time. Of course. I also, I think that maybe I made myself more angsty to be similar to book characters. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> confident poor par- of it. Your poor parents. <laughs> I, that's when I was like, what's a Chuck Taylor? Oh, God. And then I bought the shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not from this book, from a different one. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, so she's living in New York. She's super angsty. She doesn't really like... Her life, even though she's got a really cool single mom who's an yeah. artist and seems, like, super chill. And she goes to a prep school. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's, like, doing and just she's fine. fine. And, like, she's got this dad who's not present but, mm-hmm. like, at least gives her some money. Yeah. So she's doing okay. But then it turns out, like, her father has died. And, oh, what? He He's was a prince, prince or something. Yeah. Genovia. <laughs> which is one of those names. Like, Genovia, Monrovia. What are all the names? There's so many more. Like, what was the one from the princess movies and yeah, we Netflix watched we watched Vanessa Al- Hudgens. Oh my god, that's right. It was also like Aldonia. Or Aldonia. Something. It was all. They're always having that sort of suffix on the country name. It just sounds European if mm-hmm. you put 
Arovia on the end of a country. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that when we discussed it in our Christmas episode. It sounds like classy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. So the books had similar themes to basically every other book other than the fact that it was royal. But, you know, she had this best friend. Her best friend had a brother. The brother was, like, brooding hot in bands. Yeah. And he and Mia secretly were falling for each other. And, you know, she keeps her she keeps her new identity as a princess a secret and she has her grandmother and in the oh. movie and anyway, in the book her grandmother's not very nice no but she's it, very severe very harsh very critical no julie andrews yes and then you know it all happens she like falls in love with the guy People i would say so i think i probably we were we have a list of all the books in front of us but i think i trailed off around book four or five but book three i think is when she gets together with michael the older brother or when he like they confess their feelings to each other i would read that passage which now thinking of how long the series went on it's a little like a little early in the third book to have them get together. But that section at the school dance where she confesses to him awkwardly, like, I like you, he gives a monologue about how he's been in love with her the whole time that was so beautifully written that I would literally just look at it when I was in a bad mood. Like, I would just go to that page. It's probably well-worn now somewhere at my mom's house and just be like, oh, love. One day I'll feel that. Well, it was beautiful. Like, so I've talked to both of you about this, but I did not have this experience with The Princess Diaries, but with a different Meg Cabot series, The Mediator, I would go back, which is about a girl who can, like, travel through portals between living and dead, and then she, like, there's a ghost that's in love with her, and then there's another, like, medium guy that's in love with her, and it's her whole thing. But I would read the passages between, like, her and her ghost lover, and I'd be like, <laughs> this is love. Meg Cabot really knew the how to write a lover, love, yeah. a no, love scene. On. Yeah, no, that was it. No, Meg Cabot was like on some other stuff. Like <laughs> she really did that. Every every like Meg, I mean, the Mediator series was like honestly erotic to me. Like the yes. she's like, oh, I love my Jimmy shoes, and then she's like falling in love with this ghost, and they're like making out in some. I remember like that scene very specifically. Her and this ghost making out on this like weird old bed, and then she's like, and then he had to like go back to like the afterlife I guess wasn't his name like Jesse yes she called him Jesse but his real name was like Hector De Silva but somehow <laughs> somehow this 16 year old girl was like I'm just gonna call you Jesse wow um I do appreciate though that like you were saying in Princess Diaries it felt a little bit more like perhaps because the character was younger but it did feel like puppy love like, yeah but I did appreciate that um this relationship lasted for truly, I mean, 16 books. That's yeah, it's kind unbelievable. of unreal. I, I wish I appreciate that energy. I wish they kept going. Wait, so it says number 16 is the royal wedding. So do they get together? That's crazy. What? Yes. It came out in 2015. I can't believe it continued. I really did trail off as well. Like I was over so here growing up. I did read the summary on Wikipedia this afternoon. Oh, and thank you for doing our job. <laughs> <laughs> So just very broadly, mm-hmm. her dad, um, this is why Meg Cabot is like really on another level. Her <laughs> dad had a love child oh, man. like way, way, way back. Not well, way she's back. technically a love child too, though. She is, but this was like a separate love child who was who's younger than her, who's like in middle school, whenever like they find this out. And Mia is somehow 26. And she is like trying to get custody of this child. And then she finds out that she herself was pregnant with twins and her dad abdicates the throne. And so then she becomes like crown prince. Of- Wait, but didn't her dad die? No, her dad didn't die. In- her dad didn't die in the books. Her dad was alive in the books. Her dad was dead in the movies. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fact checked. Yes. Yes. But it I, does make more sense. <laughs> I think that really my like real life love of journaling and writing comes from just reading these books. Yeah. I just, I was, I loved how like obsessive she was about documenting everything, which. You know, that's called just a novel. Um. (laughs) No, but I'm looking now. We have her bio in front of us. And what I didn't know and is so interesting is that she worked for 10 years as a residence hall director at NYU. So that is actual insanity. Isn't that so funny? So no wonder she completely nailed down how young people talk and how they interact and fall in love because she was studying them. I mean, studying them, putting up with them for 10 years. Were either of you RAs in college? Oh, sure was. I wasn't. Same. Same. (laughs) You guys I like thinking about my, like, residence director, like, going home 
we yeah. went to her in dorm notes. apartment and like writing the princess diaries like Ooh. Should we discuss the movies? Yes. Let's yes. talk about cinema. So <laughs> in my humble opinion, the books are infinite. Oh, the books that I've read, which mm-hmm. I believe is like four of them mm-hmm. or three. Who knows? Um, but they are infinitely better than the movies because you know. the books are so witty. They're like kind of fighting. They're kind of like. Yeah. I mean, to me, they were edgy, but they're probably not edgy. But, yeah. you know, as a 14 year old, I'm like, ooh, oh, my gosh. Like, this yeah, is crazy. For sure. And then. The movie is a Disney movie with Julie Andrews. I was just going to say, I wanted to double check that. I'm like, are they Disney movies? They are. I knew where you were headed. Yeah. So it's very wholesome. Um, The movie, as I said about the book, but I was wrong, the movie starts, first of all, it's based in San Francisco. No, I think they probably moved it to San Francisco because it's like, I wouldn't say it's cheaper to film, but I will say when I went to visit a friend there, she was like, do you want to go see the high school from Princess Diaries? Like, that was part of the tour. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we went to Chinatown, and then we went to the Princess Diaries school. That was mm-hmm. part of her tour for me, which I appreciate very much. I mean, much. I do appreciate, too, that San Francisco was very much, like, an active part of the movie. Like, they take a trolley, and, yes. like, she, like, drives that car that, like, doesn't work. And, and she like, can't get it up the hills. Right, and then they have, like, that whole thing where they're, like, like they have to take the trolley to get a like to get somewhere else. I think yeah. um, they and go she, to the pier. She lives in an old fire station. Yes, yeah. And and they, she like, takes a scooter like up and down the hills, and it's like uh, madness. Yeah. That's true, and it, it makes it all sort of like artsy and cool. Um, also, it gives us my favorite line of the entire film, which is um, <laughs> "Bye, trolley people." <laughs> I can't even, I, <laughs> Julie Andrews. Yeah, Julie Andrews. She does a little like um, Queen Elizabeth wave, like that sort of backward hand wave, and she says, bye, trolley people, um, when they help her out, which is really beautiful. And she like knights the driver of yes, the trolley, yes, right? that's the scene I was thinking of, yes. That is so, so great. So this movie also brought us, it was really Anne Hathaway's um, breakthrough role. Yeah, She was absolutely. in a TV show called Get Real. Oh. I don't remember what it's about. But, but it was like that era when I had teen people. Oh, yeah, yeah, That was yeah. like what I was Extremely. reading. Mm-hmm. And so I knew who she was. And I'm like, oh, the girl from Get Real. Yes. What's the plot of that? I don't know. Couldn't maybe about you. like ghosts falling in love with people. Or yeah, something. it's a theme. <laughs> but the thing about this movie is they had to make her unattractive and then give her a makeover. So all they did was make her hair very frizzy and not pluck her eyebrows. It's really. And just wearing those Doc Martens. And that was like a big part of the movie where she takes off the Doc Martens and puts on, like, a pair of heels oh, and, yes. like, pantyhose in the backseat of the limo. Which is yeah. offensive because <laughs> to make, to have that be, like, how you become attractive is by putting on high heels. I guess I'm going to be mean, ugly forever. <laughs> a 16-year-old in pantyhose is also, to school. like, insanity. Yeah, to school is crazy. But I will say, of course, like, it's, I love it, but it's sort of, a you know, a basic role. And Anne Hathaway, what's so special about it is Anne Hathaway. Like, she's so charming and delightful. And mm-hmm. she, like, embodies it with all that, like, awkward body language at the beginning. She's and like, then shut up. Yeah. And having like, her retainer in. Like, yes. She did the whole thing, like, with wearing her retainer, which was, like, I felt very personally seen. <laughs> yeah, she was so goofy. I remember she, like, falls off the chair all those times when she's getting her sort of princess lessons. And so she makes it. And then, obviously, Julie Andrews makes it. Like, she yes. elevates the whole project to another level. She's just so great. And as we said, much nicer than the book version of the character. But welcome. But still not a pushover, which no. I think is a very hard line to walk as an actress in, you know, this, like, Disney family-friendly yeah. movie where she is, like, severe, a little bit ear irritable but still like herself in like a very glamorous elegant way you just completely get it right away she's so good you want to know something else that elevated it so one of my crushes at the time because whenever this movie came out was when i was listening to like bands from la that i thought were so edgy (laughs) but they're probably guys who all went to (laughs) yale i know exactly where this is so the guy who plays michael was in the band rooney oh yeah and i loved his hair it was like you know slicked in front of his face he looked like he hadn't like washed his hair. Yeah. That was the whole thing. And like he plays a band in the band in the movie. And I just was like, oh my God, that's my husband. And Rooney is in the movie, right? They don't call them Rooney. They're but- not called Rooney. They're called something ridiculous that yeah. bands are always called in movies. But yeah, I think Rooney was in it. But at the time, Rooney was also like, I don't know if it was at the time or if it was shortly after, but Rooney was also featured in the OC. Yeah, 100%. So, I was going to say, there's definitely an OC connection here. If it was he, a big time oh, in my hello. life. Oh, Yeah. 2001, 2004 was really a, a brilliant time 
for yeah. pop culture. Marissa Cooper really loved Rooney. Yeah, that was she her did. being edgy. She's like, I'm so edgy. I'm addicted to alcohol and Rooney. <laughs> but I don't think she said Rooney. She's like, this band is so cool. Yeah, they That's definitely so play funny. that like peach pit or whatever that they have. Um, yeah, he was perfectly cast. Um, again, not as good as the Michael in the books for me, but mm-hmm. he was absolutely perfectly cast in that role. And um, bravo. God, we're going to Doesn't he come over to her house with like a pizza yes. that says, I'm sorry? Yes. That's my love language right there. <laughs> there it is. I just, oh God, I love that character so much. And then like they kiss and she pops her foot. Oh, and Mandy Moore. Yes. Oh, yes. The the most underrated thespian of our time, honestly. I really love her, and I really love how much she loves to renovate places. <laughs> she's like, just she's so renovating good. Her production office. She just finished her house. Like I love it. Keep renovating. She's <laughs> so good, and it really took her some time to get there because her acting in this film leaves a small amount to be desired. She's just very mean to Anne Hathaway in like a very cartoonish way, which yeah. results in. Um, Heather Matarazzo putting the ice cream into her chest and her doing like a very dramatic scream. Oh my scream. gosh, yes, I remember that. Oh my How god, a precursor to wait, Reese I'm Witherspoon. Sorry. Yes, oh, totally. Oh, Big Little Eyes, yes. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. I am also very excited <laughs> to see that. Okay, sorry. I was going to say, um, we have to talk about Sandra O oh mm-hmm. as Principal oh Gupta. Oh you're Hello. right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the queen is coming. Oh my like, god! Oh, her face when she said that she's like, honestly, give her the Oscar retroactively. <laughs> like that—that's like what the third movie needs to be about. I completely forgot she was in that. I forgot about it too, and that was the first time I saw her because I remember then I saw her that in was Under the Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, then oh. I saw her in Under the Tuscan Sun, and uh, I was like, oh yes, she's, she's so good in that. Yes. She gets dumped by another Grey's Anatomy character in that film. Ugh. With Addison. Who? Addison is, I think, her wife in that movie. <gasps> yeah. Oh, oh my, God. my gosh. That's yeah. the cinematic universe. Yeah, they're a gay couple, and she ha- is carrying her baby, and then she leaves her for somebody younger. And so she goes to Tuscany to have the baby. Such an Addison yes. thing to do. Such an Addison thing to do. But it's it's really great. Oh, God, we have a lot of movies to w- rewatch this summer vacation. Yes. Um, and then Amazing. And then it turns out there's going to be a third movie and Wait, there's one more thing I want to say about oh, the first please, movie. Oh, please. please. I can. Say more things. We love hearing you speak <laughs> in a normal, non-creepy way. <laughs> um, okay, the other two things. I love the makeover scene. Of course. One of the best makeover scenes in cinema, I will say. Even though all they do is really straighten her hair. And the eyebrows. And pluck her eyebrows. And, but like, what do you love put about on it? lipstick. I, it's, just like, it's so cartoonish. It's so fun. And then when you realize after that the hairdresser, like, sold pictures of her to like a tabloid it's just like what that's a really great read that's a really great point also, i was gonna note the, the thing the where the photographs oh, yes. Where lisa, yes. lisa and i are both doing the thing of like moving the photographs away from her face because why in what world did you ever do that except for a movie i mean yeah. like you don't most people don't give makeovers in such a dramatic way anyway but that big like reveal is so insane and i will say this came out in 2001 which was the same year that I plucked my eyebrows for the first time, or rather, I got them waxed. Oh. So they went from similarly to Anne Hathaway's character, <laughs> one just wide band of hair across my face, <laughs> to um, teeny teeny little lines that were also oh also really bad. And I'm lucky they grew back at all. Um, but 2001 was also a formative time for my eyebrows. I will say it sort of also gave us the trope. Not that it was the first movie to do that, but like she has curly hair and they make it straight, and it's like beautiful. <laughs> Remember when she's like in the classroom and she's like wearing a hat and doesn't want anyone to know. How and hot then she Mandy is. Moore is like, um, excuse me, like hats are not allowed, and she like takes it off and everyone's like, ooh. Like, like it's dramatic that she looks hot. Yeah, and, and then her friend gets mad at her. And yeah. I, I never, never understood that. I'm like, let her glow up. Like, I just I wish that were the biggest thing that I had to hide. My hotness. Right. I wish that I had like a super wealthy, glamorous grandmother yeah. who was like, we're going to make you hot. And that, that I had, I felt shame about that. And it, it was distracting to my classmates. I mean, <laughs> it would have been nice if at age 14 I had access or knowledge of hair straighteners because yeah. that would have saved me a lot of grief. I mean, it, it, they came along sooner or later for me. And then you can see plenty of photos of me from high school where I've straightened my hair within an inch of its life. But then the kinks are arriving because I'm sweating. You know, like all it would require is like a little bit of sweat and then the curls would fight their way through. It's really, what a life. And then Hunter, you had a second thing you loved. Okay, yes, but I just remembered a third thing. <laughs> okay, um, please, please, okay, please. The, okay, the next thing is that scene when um, Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews are first like having lunch outside 
at the Genovian consulate, I guess. And like Julie Andrews gives her a necklace in like this really like ornate like box, whatever. And then Anne Hathaway just like puts it in her like Jansport and like just shakes <laughs> it down. And she's like, it's just comedic like bliss. It's just such a fantastic scene. Um, So that's the other thing. And then finally, this movie was uh, executive produced by Whitney Houston. What? Yes, ma'am. What? Yes, ma'am. Yes. You really came with the trivia. I had to bring, I had to like pull it out last. Holy because crap. Because it really just makes my day every what? time I think about it. Whitney oh Houston produced the Princess Diaries movies. Yes. So how involved was she? Like, was it like her production company and she fronted some money? Or so, like, did she actually do something with it? It was her um, producing partner at the time who, who was like more active because, I mean, Whitney Houston at this time was like, obviously busy with her own career. Um, but she did go to set and like <gasps> did take pictures with people. And I actually, this is funny, I'm remembering this now. I tried to reach out to Meg Cabot actually, um, like I think last year to see if I could talk to her about working with Whitney, but they like weren't very closely, they didn't work very closely together. Um, but she, but Meg Cabot's publicist only had the nicest things to say about Whitney. And wow. And wow. that really, you know, you needed like a big name because- Anne Hathaway like wasn't very famous, and it was just but Julie Andrews. Andrews, and it was Disney and yeah. Gary Marshall. And I mean, I Hector like Hector Elizondo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we love him. We always have to get a Hector Elizondo Hector shout Hive. out. Yeah, yes. Hector Hive. that's amazing. Wow, that's fascinating. I also really loved that Hector and Julie Andrews, the Queen, fell in love, or at least like fell into. It's bed, a tease. Presumably. It was a very sweet romance. Yeah, because I I'm all for people finding love. Wherever they can find it. Yeah. Unless like, they're Charles and Camilla. I mean, <laughs> tampon gate. I'm sorry. I can't forget what, it. I once, think about it all the time. Once an episode. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Lily's public access show, Shut Up and Listen. Oh, that's yes. really great, too. Oh, my God. Let's celebrate it. She would have been a YouTube star. This Ooh. is uh, See, this is the and problem, And also though. a podcast. And a podcast, for sure. Maybe she'd be hosting Royally Obsessed. Probably not, because we are No, because also her host. personality isn't really right for, you, like, modern YouTube stars. Like, she's not, like you know, sort of... They have a very stylized... That energy yeah. that she, I don't think she has. I don't... I think she would have had a podcast for sure that she, like, produced out of her closet. Um, wow. Then could be eventually produced by Gallery Media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fascinating. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Should we begin to wrap, though? Well, hold on. There's a third movie. Anne Hathaway oh, yes. has confirmed that a script was written. Um, Gary Marshall was apparently interested before he passed away. And then... Um, I believe, wait, let's look at this L explainer that I found. Chris Pine is open to it. Open to it. How dare the he? The best Chris. How dare he? Just <laughs> is be he open the best Chris? It. He is the I best I like Chris. his clothes. They're kind of crazy. Um, wait, we also have not spoken about Shonda Rhimes writing the sequel, writing Princess Iris 2 Royal Engagement. What? what? <laughs> I Hello. That's why I'm on this podcast right now. Yes. Right. Yes. God. Give Hunter a podcast. What please. are you talking about? And it, it needs to just be called like. I'm going to fact check this right now, but I'm trivia. 99% sure that I I'm be- right. like, I Is this how she met Sandra O, oh, or was Sandra O oh not in the second one? I can't remember. Probably she was not. not in the second one. <gasps> but, but maybe but she'd the have cinematic to watch it for, universe. She'd have yeah. to watch it for research. I told you the cinematic. Everything connects to Shonda Rhimes. The thing is, I you, Hunter is fact checking right now, but I believe it because Shonda has spoken out in the past about how, like, yeah. before Grey's and things, she was like a script doctor and would rewrite like terrible teen movies. I also believed it because I blindly believe everything. Oh, 100. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I'm right. Yes, she did. She wrote Princess Diaries two, A Royal Engagement, and she wrote Crossroads. Yeah, that I knew. The Britney Spears movie. Yes. What? Yeah, yeah, that I knew. I didn't yeah. know that one. But this was wow. That this is like her last movie before Grey's Anatomy. Wow. It was 2004. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that movie got her in the door with ABC? One of oh, many may things. Have. Or I another mean, thing, when is Anne Hathaway going to work with Shonda Rhimes again if they haven't already worked together? That's a great, great question. I don't question. think they have because I feel like now Shonda Rhimes runs so much of my life in that I spend so much time watching her shows. Well, she did put Mandy Moore on Grey's Anatomy twice, both in <gasps> yes. terrible, terrible circumstances. Yes. that ep- oh, I, don't wanna, would... I don't want to bring it up because it's very dark. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the roughest ones. I cried so hard my eyes were swollen for three days. But um, yeah, she, she really put... Mandy Moore through it, but that's how we know she's such a good actress, mm-hmm. which probably led to this is us, which probably led to Emmys and stuff. So like and led to all the home renovations. <laughs> wow. Hunter, I'm so happy you're here and you're blowing my mind. <laughs> so much mind blowing. It's like 
if we did some prep, maybe what we would have No, it's for the best. It's for the best. This no, is now what, we get these moments. Yeah. Know? Yes. And this is why we have experts on because we want to <laughs> learn things. I thought I knew everything there was to know about the Princess Diaries. No, I we don't. We really don't. We really don't. But <laughs> I think what's really relatable about us to make this all full circle <laughs> is that we can admit that. We can admit when we don't know anything. <laughs> wow. Whitney Houston. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So my Royal Low will be people who thought that because our Instagram account, which is run by our fantastic social media um, editors, put up the Yankees picture and not the Boston Red Sox (laughs) picture, they thought that it was us showing our allegiance. And so it's only a low because... My only allegiance is to the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays. The the Blue Jays. It's a it's a baseball team. It's thank real. God, thank what? God you corrected it to Toronto because <laughs> I was like the Blue Jays. They're real. Baltimore. I, I Baltimore. Megan Markle on her former Instagram account RIP had gone to Blue, Blue Jays games and wore Blue Jays caps. Okay, I'll take that. Um, my low is not prepared because everything's been so good. Truly. That's nice. Truly. I'm not just saying that because I am i don't have anything in mind. It's everything's been too good. Um, ooh, my low eventually will be if Megan doesn't go to Wimbledon. But again, my and then high. also a high because we respect it. Yeah, my high would be that she's taking a nap instead. So it's tough. You know, it's tough. I have no lows. Hunter, do you have a low? My low would be the Boston Red Sox miniature baseball bat. <laughs> Only because I was not entirely sure what it was when it's I first so saw it. It's so funny. That's, that's on me. It's that is so funny low. and weird because, first of all, it doesn't look like a baseball bat. And second of all, why would you give an infant a weapon? You know? Right. It, it also looks like a breadstick. <laughs> it just looks like kind of something makes no you sense. would use to stir your chowder. Yeah, like if it sure. is a big, yeah, like a big like <laughs> bathtub of chowder. Like yeah. a bat, yeah. <laughs> Even if it does, if it's made of actual heavy wood, that would be very dangerous to give to an infant. I'm just saying. He's going to whack Harry in the face. No, thank you. Maybe so, it's soft. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. I agree. Strong low. Um, what about your high, Lisa? My high is... Um, well, I didn't prepare, so I'm just going to say having Hunter on. <laughs> yeah. I love Hunter, and I'm so happy to have you on. You are, as I said, my funny friend. Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> wow. This is this is my low, actually. Um, I amend my, my response. Um, my high is um, not actually royalty, but uh, today the USA beat England in the semifinals of the World Cup. So mm. it is related to Royally Obsessed because um, – well, Alex Morgan, she um, scored a goal. I believe this is when she scored a goal. And she did a little um, sort of tea sipping motion, which was maybe poor sportsmanship, but was awesome as far as I'm concerned. It's so awesome. And it's on Getty. Like, <laughs> everywhere. The Brits weren't like thrilled with it. I was actually just watching British commentary where they were like, it was sort of in poor, we thought it was in poor taste, but I believe it was because some uh, British fans were like screaming at her and saying nasty things. It was her 30th birthday. She scored a goal. They won the game. They're going to the finals. And she did like a little iconic tea sipping gesture. I love it. Did you see that tweet today that was like, um, England blew a 13 colony lead. Amazing. <laughs> Listen, it's it's fourth. It just happens to be it's Alex Morgan's birthday. She scored the goal. We won. We're going to the finals. And it's the week of Fourth of July. And it's just a lot of, you know, we're destroying the British. It's, it's why you're drinking your butt heavy. Yeah, it's complicated when I have an entire podcast about how much I love um, the British Royals. It's complicated feelings. And then the American baseball teams are playing in London. Like, it's a weird week. It's a weird week. Yeah. It sounds like something Shonda Rhimes could write. She could. But they're <laughs> playing. The girls are playing. The girls. The team is playing on Sunday. They're my girls. Um, and so, of course, we're rooting for them. Yeah, what's your high, oh, Hunter? Oh, my high. Um, <laughs> oh, my high is, is how excited Harry looked. Oh, my God, by yes. The, by the Yankees. 100%. Um, jersey. That 100%. was very, very wholesome. It's very just sweet. Any hand clasping gesture. In fact, I'm going to go email the social media team and be like, can we put together a collage of all the times yeah, he has if grasped that's his, his thing, hands? That's, like, that's so it's adorable. It's so sweet. Pitch to the cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for our social media. Oh. I want it on Really Obsessed on Instagram, which you guys can follow at any time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I just, it. you're so right. It's just him at his absolute most joyful, and it makes me so happy to see it. I'm happy that kid's happy. That's all I can say. And it's lovely. Um, so you guys can drop us an email at infoactgallerypodcast.com. 
to ask us any and all questions about the Royals, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a re- real review from Legally Brunette. Ooh. Cute. And also... um. They sent a question. It is a question. Okay, so greetings, Lady Caitlin and Lady Lisa. A lot of great titles this episode. I really love having titles. <laughs> From the listeners. <laughs> I've been obsessed with the royals ever since William and Catherine got married. Very fancy. I even threw a viewing party for the wedding during law school finals. I, also fancy. Yeah, really impressed. with. Well, that's why she's legally brunette. That makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. That makes more <laughs> sense. I thought it was just. I will say I did start writing a screenplay when I was in second grade called Legally Brunette. Right that after is I saw Legally Blonde. the cutest. Thing. It. Yeah. Sell it to Netflix. <laughs> Please finish it. Sell it. That's because that's my goal. Now I'm just going to write Netflix rom coms. <laughs> like it's easy. So, Legally Brunette continues. I absolutely love listening to my favorite ladies discuss all things royal on my commutes to the office. Um, if you were a royal, what would your favorite royal patronage be? I'm passionate about the work that the Duchess of Cambridge is doing with Action for Children. Thank you, ladies, for indulging my royal obsession. Sincerely, Lady Constance. Um, what would your patronage be? So I really like that Megan is supporting Mayhew, which is the animal shelter welfare organization, because I feel like there's so much work to be done on so many different levels. But I just think it's really sweet that she wants to support animals. And that's I'm like, very lovely. And, and so I think that's nice. My I think my what, what springs to mind is I'm picturing Kate when she has gone to the VNA. I don't think that's an official patronage of hers, but when she's gone to the VNA and like gets to look at costumes and ballerinas, I'm like, that would be really fun. That's like sort of my um lighter one, I would say. And then I'm always really moved by any work they do with uh, women who have been through domestic violence or things like that. When Megan went and wrote the messages on the bananas to the sex workers, like I just think all the, the work they do with women will obviously be very touching to me. Yes. That's so that's, you know, my light answer, my heavy answer. Thanks for asking. Um, you guys can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group Royally Obsessed Hunter, how can we follow you and where can we read you? Oh, okay. So you can read me um, on Vulture.com and sometimes in New York Magazine. And I'm on Instagram as at Hunter H. And I'm on Twitter as at Hunter Y. Harris. Y, the letter, not W-H. <laughs> I read it as Hunter E. Harris. A lot of people do that, but it's actually, that's like my middle initial is why. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes me accessible. I know? never <laughs> I never thought about it, but I do in my head think Hunter E. Harris. Some of my friends will call me Hunter E. Like... <laughs> As a joke, when I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, That's your new name. <laughs> well, my social is at Hey K Men's because somebody would say that to me, and that's how that happened as well. But you can follow me at Hey K Men's, H E Y K M E N Z, on Twitter and Instagram, and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com, and now occasionally on the cut as well. You can follow me, Lisa Raya, on Twitter and Instagram, and read my writing at my website, lisaraya.com. Indeed. And until next week, God save the pod. Happy 4th of July. Yeah. Thanks for listening to us at your barbecue, as I assume you're doing right now. (laughs) Everyone's gathered around the fireworks listening (laughs) to Royally Obsessed. Someone passed me a hot dog. (laughs) Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.